Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. What Israel did, this is what they did. But Dan, the BBC won't let them get away with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, I mean, I, I, am, I am very concerned about the long-term support uh, for Israel on this. And I think there is a real risk in this country that what you said before, that as time goes on, it becomes more sort of piece of history and less of the sort of emotional and practical response that I think that many have uh, now. Joe Wall, Shagar Shamali, and Thane Rosenbaum, thank you all for an important and really uh, enlightening conversation. Thank Appreciate you, Dan. It. Thanks. And that does it for us tonight. Thanks for watching. Ashley Banfield starts right now. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the program. It's Friday night, and it's a busy Friday night, so I'm really glad you're uh, you're with me. Uh, we are getting some breaking news that's a bit nutty um, about the escape attempt of Caitlin Armstrong. I thought we kind of knew everything, right? Took off from her jailers. You know, they caught her. It was a Benny Hill kind of chase. Turns out we are finding out now, thanks to our Brian Enton, who's actually gathering the details right now. He's going to join me in a second to unload everything he's found out. We're finding out that she planned this for months. They've been doing a big investigation over the last couple of days. I guess it's been pretty embarrassing too. And they have found a whole bunch of things, uh, surveillance and things in her cell, but it was meticulously planned. And don't ask me, but apparently dental floss plays into this. Brian's going to explain it. He's wiring up his mics right now. So he's going to join me in a second. Also this huge headline, Amanda Knox is going to be tried again. Let me repeat, you did not mishear me. Amanda Knox is going to be tried again in Italy. Crazy, I know. This time it's not for murder. It is pretty complicated. You probably are thinking, wait, she was tried and then it was you know, overturned and then they tried her again and eventually she's home free in America. What on earth are you talking about? I said the same thing. But there's a very good explanation. I'm going to tell you why the Italians for whatever reason, have decided they are going to try her again, this time not murder, and also she's teaming up with Monica Lewinsky. Yes, I know, that doesn't sound like it makes sense, but it does. Wait until you hear what these two are planning to do and how Monica almost let it drop on the Today Show. It's all very unofficial, but wait until you hear it in context with the breaking news that uh, that the Daily Mail has connected to Monica's oopsie, maybe on, on the uh, Today Show. That's all coming up in a moment. And then this. We all know about parents who behave really badly at the sports field when their kids are playing and then they're like, get, 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 and it gets bad. And sometimes they fight, right? It might have basically crossed into the Rubicon that I never thought existed. And that is gunfire. A dad unleashes gunfire on the coach because the police say he didn't like that his son wasn't playing enough. And the kids were there. They're 9 and 10 years old. 
the dad who was shot or the coach who was shot survived thanks to God for this one, not just for the coach being alive, but for that dad, because it would be a murder case. The coach is going to speak to me live from his hospital bed in just a few moments. He's going to tell you the whole backstory and, oh, I mean... Unbelievable. First, let me get uh, this breaking news in. Uh, the new details about Kaylin Armstrong's escape. Um, so we showed you the video of her running in jailhouse stripes. It was shot by a witness. The guards who were running after her for 10 minutes, apparently, although we also hear it was only a block and a half. That's weird. Caught this video out of her car. She shot the, the, the inmate running after a medical appointment from the jail guard, trying to get up and over a wall. And we're hearing it was not a spur-of-the-moment decision, that it was meticulously planned for months. Our Brian Enton is standing by live right now. He's been following this. What on earth did you learn, Brian? And how oh did you gosh. find out that they actually... They've actually got evidence that was planned. Yeah, I can't get over that video. This is wild, and it gets even crazier, Ashley. We got the police reports. They have been investigating for the last two days, trying to figure out what the heck went on here. How did she pull this off? Well, they say that it was planned, that she's been planning it for months, that she filled out this special medical uh, complaint form saying she was having issues and that she needed to go to an orthopedic specialist. Apparently, all of that was bogus. She wanted to go to this specific doctor as part of her plan to escape uh, and that, that she actually had on these thermal pants. That's the way they described it, thermal pants underneath uh, those jail pants that you see, the striped ones in the video, that her plan, they say, was to rip off the striped jail pants. She'd have the thermal pants on underneath uh, and that she was hoping to blend in. Apparently, she didn't get that far, though, because in the video we have, uh, she clearly still has the striped pants on. Well, I see somebody's going to get in trouble for getting those thermal pants yeah. into the jail. How those pants got into the jail is going to be a whole other investigation. Somebody helped her do that. Wow. Uh, next thing... They went over a bunch of jailhouse surveillance video. What did they find? This, to me, is the craziest part, Ashley. They say that she was training vigorously. That's how they described it, training vigorously, that they went back and looked at the cameras and in the rec areas and in her cell, uh, that she was running, that she was doing squats, and that she was doing yoga multiple times per day. And they believe that she was trying to get in shape because she wanted to go on the run. And you look at her stride in that video. I mean, we knew she was an athlete, but apparently she had been training specifically for the purpose of escape uh, for at least the last two months. Then they looked in her cell and yeah. they've discovered evidence in the cell that connects to the video we're seeing. What'd they see? So they found uh, a metal pin. This is on the police report and dental floss. And they say they believe that she planned to use those items uh, to get the handcuffs off, which might sound weird, uh, but those items have actually been used in the past uh, in different escapes. We were looking it up. There was a, a Texas escape back in 2000. Someone used dental floss, toothpaste uh, to actually saw their way out of a jail cell in a county jail. Again, that was in Texas. So uh, they say she had those items in the cell all as part of this plan. She had been gathering the items for the last two months working out, training vigorously. Uh, it was all part of the plan to try and get away. Quick question. I don't know if you know the answer. Uh, when I looked at the video, I thought I saw actually that her hands were apart at one point. Do they know if she ever got the cuffs off during this chase? 
That was not mentioned in the, uh, the, the report, but what was mentioned is that part of this medical condition uh, that she claimed to have where she needed to go to this orthopedic specialist, that she also filed some kind of form so that she wouldn't have to wear the leg shackles, that that was interfering with the medical condition, which may explain, uh, obviously, why she was able to run the way she was. In terms of the handcuffs, no mention of that there, but you're right. I mean, you look at the... Uh, at the video, I mean, perhaps she, perhaps her little plan with the dental floss was able to work because it, it does not look like she has um, like she has handcuffs on. Look, we got some info, but there's more questions. You mentioned the 10 minute thing. Initially, they said she was running for 10 minutes. Now it was apparently less time. Uh, we've obviously still got more questions, but a little more clarity today with this police report. It's unbelievable. I, I, good for you. Great job getting all of this, Brian. And I am looking forward. If you if you squinted at that video, I am looking forward to finding as she got those cuffs off because at yeah. one point it did look like her hands were quite a ways apart. Um, but and by the way, that jail guard was struggling. Every two steps, the jail guard was down. Yeah, and let so me. They mention- may have been running for a long time. But do you see that? Look yeah. again. Look closely yeah. at that, Brian. When she comes around the tree. Her hands are a long way apart. Yeah, there's clearly, the yeah, she's clearly not handcuffed. There. And by the way, I, I think it was two uh, jail guards, police officers who were hurt, uh, who apparently when she went up over one of the, the walls or fences, um, they fell and they were injured in this whole thing. So, I mean, what a mess that, that she was able to get, get this far, you know? Unbelievable. I mean, just unbelievable. Uh, and, and, you know, the fact the fact that there was this plan um, now makes perfect sense, right? Because otherwise I'm thinking, where do you think you're going to get to? But getting the thermal pants, the the little metal pin that the floss, and it still can't figure out the floss part, but floss has been used for a lot of MacGyver things. Uh, Brian, if you find out anything else, break in. Break into the to the show. Just give us a, a heads up. It's just remarkable stuff. Thank you for that. I have another lead story. So I'm going to say goodbye for now, but not forever. Uh, our Brian Anton doing the job tonight. This other lead story that we're working on, I never thought I'd utter the words, but Amanda Knox is going to be tried in Italy again. I don't think, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say I don't think she's going to go to Italy for this one, but I don't know. It is not the murder of, a, of a Meredith Kircher. That's not what she's going to be tried for. It's slander. So let me back up for a hot minute and just kind of get you up to speed. You probably were following the case as much as everybody else, uh, like 16 years ago. I think like it was November 2007. The spotlight came on Amanda Knox because she was this lovely looking young student uh, traveling in Italy and she was hauled in on murder charges for the horrible death of her roommate um, who was British uh, from, you know, from Britain. Amanda Knox was taken into the police station and accused of killing Meredith Kircher. Kircher was, like, stabbed 47 times, sexually assaulted, found partially clothed. It was awful. Amanda was acting weird. So was her boyfriend, Raffaello Solicito. He was acting weird. So the Italian police uh, in Perugia didn't have a good feeling for her right away. And so, you know, big microscope, and they, they interrogated her for five days. There were all sorts of ugly things about the interrogation. She didn't have a proper translator, uh, a lot of pressure, exhaustion. You've heard those stories before. And she signed a, a statement that they called a confession. And in that statement, and this is key, she pointed the finger at her boss at the bar where she worked, uh, Patrick Lumumba. Because she's in, being interrogated, so she's saying things like, well, but maybe it's him. I mean, who knows, right? And... Ultimately, in this murder, she was convicted, 
and then the conviction was overturned, and then she was retried and cleared and came back to the United States. There was a lot of back and forth. I don't need to get into all that about the murder, because this is about what she said about the boss at the bar, Patrick Lumumba. Patrick Lumumba sued her for libel, defamation. Um, he said, you know, he was pulled in for it, too. He was, like, jailed for two weeks and released and found, you know, that he wasn't part of any of that. But slander was the official charge against her. And she went to trial for slander and lost. And they sentenced her to three years, but time served. Sorry, four years. So she'd already served the time. You know, let me look at that again. She spent four years in an Italian prison. I believe that the slander was three years. And because she'd already served four, they said time already served. So basically, she came back to the U.S. and thought, well, I'm, you know, I've got this guilty verdict in, in uh, Italy, and I'm going to fight it. And she did. And guess what? She won it. She won the appeal of that. And they threw out the trial verdict for slander. And guess what? They didn't just leave it there. They didn't just leave it there. They decided they're going to try her again. Now, I don't know Italian law enough to know if it was just like automatic or if it was some prosecutor there who's decided to, to go for it. But geez, that ain't smart. But guess what? She's going to have to go through another case, another trial. I don't necessarily think she's going to actually stand in the courtroom for it. I think if I were her, I would not. But I want to bring in Caitlin Becker, a senior reporter for TheDailyMail.com. She's the host of Daily Mail Crime on TikTok as well. Caitlin Becker, I did not think we would ever utter the words again that Amanda Knox was going to have to go through a trial in Italy. But did I get anything wrong? Did I leave anything out in that very short summary of a very complicated case? It is an extremely complicated case. I think the key here, Ashley, that we need to focus on is that this is kind of what Amanda Knox wants. She appealed this conviction for slander and they overturned it. So she now has the opportunity to have her name fully cleared. I wouldn't be surprised if she did go to Italy and sit in the courtroom for this because she's been unequivocally acquitted of the murder of Meredith Kircher. There is absolutely no way she's going to end up back in a jail cell for something like that. And for this particular instance with the slander, she allegedly slandered her boss in the same written confession where she implicated herself. And part of the acquittal was the understanding that she implicated herself because she was not given legal counsel, she was not given a proper translator, and they used some really um, abusive tactics while interrogating her for those five days. So this is going to be her chance to say, okay, you got it right with the acquittal for murder, but now you need to get it right here because she is saying that she never wrote this confession. She was coerced to do it. What was written on those pages was written by the police, and she was forced to sign it. So a uh, question for you. Uh, um, I, I started the show thinking that that was going to be the big headline about Amanda Knox, and then there's this whole other headline as well, and that is about a brand-new TV drama. Um, it, I didn't expect this connection either, but now that I think through, it makes sense. She's partnering, Caitlin, with Monica Lewinsky. Amanda Knox and Monica Lewinsky are, the rumor is, working together on a TV drama. What have you found out about it? 
Well, Daily Mail has exclusively spoken to insiders who are connected to this and have confirmed to us that they are working on a TV drama together for Hulu to tell Amanda's story. And our sources told us that the two have grown very, very close. They're in near constant communication. And frankly, it does make a lot of sense to me because both Monica and Amanda had very different experiences sort of being dragged through the mud in the public eye. But in the wake of that, they have both gone on to try to help women and innocent people in similar situations. So the fact that they're partnering for this drama, well, kind of doesn't, it does make sense to me when you, we really sort of lay it, it does. out like that. What surprises me though, is that it's a drama and not a docuseries. That's what shocked me. Yeah, but that's, you know what? I it, You're right, because I would expect a docuseries, but Monica has done this before. She, she got into t- television production with her own story and there was a dramatic series. In fact, let me play, and I got to make sure our control room knows the right clip here. There's a there's a clip about um, it's called the impeachment clip, and the reason I call it that is because she actually produced um, an FX series called Im- uh, Impeachment American Crime Story. This was about her own story with a dramatic, obviously a dramatic cast, etc. But let me play a quick clip of it so everyone knows what what Monica's already uh, the credit that she already has to her name. Take a look. So a long way from Arkansas. I met you. Where'd you come from? Oh, L.A. Los Angeles, California. Oh, you're far from home, too. Where are you living? Out here, um, in the Watergate. Whoa, high on the hall. No. <laughs> my, my mom, she's actually moving to New York soon, so we're just staying, uh, living in a condo. Sorry, I'm so nervous. I have a huge crush on you. Well, that's really flattering. Because you're beautiful. You light up the room. Oh my goodness, I have to go back and rewatch it now just from that clip. It's so dramatic. So, Caitlin, I, I see Monica on the Today Show recently. By the way, it shocked me. She's 50, which is crazy because to me, she's still this young girl. Um, and she looks spectacular. And she kind of let it slip a little with Savannah Guthrie about this project with Amanda Knox. She doesn't say Amanda Knox, but listen closely to, to what she said. Take a peek. And real quick, you're a writer and a producer. Yes. So do you, I, the writer strike is over. Thank God. Can you give me any hint? Do you got, got anything you're, you're cooking up or working on? Uh, yes. Um, I wish it were announced already, but I'm executive producing a limited series uh, that's on another young woman who found her life decimated and ripped apart on the world stage, but she somehow managed to survive. And um, I think it's going to be really powerful, and hopefully they'll announce it soon. Haha. Well, your uh, outfit sort of did that. So, Caitlin Becker, great <laughs> reporting from the DailyMail.com. Can you come back and let us know when you find out more details? And then I'm expecting at some point we'll have Monica making the official announcement and hopefully uh, have an interview with both uh, Amanda and Monica. Thank you, Caitlin. Absolutely, Ashley. So appreciated. I want to bring in um, one of my favorite guests because he knows everything about these crazy legal stories. Smart Garagos, criminal defense attorney, co-host of the Reasonable Doubt podcast with Adam Carolla. Garagos, why on earth would Italy do this? Why would they not just let, let a sleeping dog lie? Uh, they've lost that case. It was overturned. Now they're going to retry her for this ridiculous, you know, case that, that she's already it's already time served. What are they trying to prove? 
I really am kind of befuddled by it. I talked to a number of people. Uh, I actually reached out and tried to uh, talk to uh, a friend of mine who was involved in it, and I, it was too late uh, by the time I got to him to uh, to give an explanation. I, you know, I always, when it looks too crazy like this, I generally suspect that there is some driving force that is trying to save face in a in a way because otherwise there's no rational explanation as to why you would go through this why you would put your the country through this again and most of all why you'd put this young lady through this again i mean it wasn't like she wasn't uh devastated by this it wasn't like they 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 looked good at the end of the day and maybe that unfortunately is the reason they're trying to get a redo here so, uh, should she you know, go there back? is, I mean, by the way, in, Ashley, in her... go ahead. There, there is, there is a, you know, I hate to, to say this cynically, but I don't know if this isn't because or a reaction to, to try to get out in front of the docuseries that, uh, you know, they decide they're going to pre- do a preemptive strike, so to speak. So I, I don't know. It's, a, it's inexplicable to some degree. That's crazy. One last quick question, and that is, you're her attorney now. Let's just put you in that chair, okay? And the big question is, does she go back to face this trial in person, or does she just let them do it in absentia and do their business and have their way? There's no way, no how, if I'm her lawyer, that I'm letting her go back there. If anything, I would probably try to expose what is happening, which is, I think, already in the works here, and try to figure out who is behind this, do an investigation as to that and expose them. I, there, there is no way in the world, given what transpired, given the history, that you could put this young lady uh, in this kind of jeopardy. Yeah, I thought that was what you were going to say, and I'm not a lawyer, but if I were, I'd say the same thing. Um, Garagos, thank you. Have a good weekend. You too, Ashley. Thank you. Mark Garagos joining us, as always, with great legal analysis on such an incredible story. Still to come, what could possibly make a parent so angry as to shoot their son's football coach? Because that is exactly what happened this week in St. Louis at this park, right in front of nine and 10-year-old boys on the field. Thank Jesus, the coach survived. Four gunshots. Thumbs up. And he is live with us from that hospital bed next to explain what on earth happened and who that man was. Don't go away. Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. You know, we are used to stories about parents behaving badly at kids' sporting events. I have actually seen it. Right. Like I have seen it myself. I had two kids, uh, boys playing hockey, hockey. Right. And I actually had to go up in the stands and tell one of the parents, excuse me with the F-bombs. They're 10. I literally had to do that. So I know it can be ugly. And then I've, of course, covered the headlines where, you know, they, they get into fights and they pummel each other. I've seen that, too. 
okay? Um, but this story in St. Louis has blown past every single headline, okay? This one has just, this one just takes the cake. There is a, I mean, <laughs> nine and 10-year-old boys on a football field here in St. Louis, and the coach who's a volunteer, volunteer coach, leaves the factory and does this for these nine and 10-year-olds. One of the dads is beefing with him constantly, right? You're not playing my kid. You're not playing my kid enough. And this week, police say that dad decided to finish this argument by bringing out a gun at the football practice and actually firing it at that coach four times, hitting him four times. Can I repeat that? Nine and 10-year-old kids in their football uniforms are right there on the field, and one of the dads brings out a gun and fires it at the coach as the coach is trying to run for his life. Hits him four times. The coach survived. Thank the Lord for so many reasons. Thank you, Lord, that he's alive. And that parent is going to thank the Lord, too, because it would be murder. I don't know what we can say about the kids who witnessed it all. They'll never be the same. When that coach was on the ground, bleeding with four gunshots, police say then that dad stood over him and taunted him. Like, I, I told you, I told you I was going to do this. He used different words. The charges are first-degree assault and armed criminal action. I don't know why they're not attempted murder. 43-year-old Daryl Clemens turned himself into the police on uh, Wednesday. Plenty of witnesses here because the parents actually had to step in and shield the victim while the suspect ran off. The coach for his part, Shaquille Lattimore, is a dad of five, surviving and recovering in the hospital. And he is kind enough to join me live from that hospital bed along with his mom, uh, Samiko Lattimore. I, I coach, first of all, thank God you're alive. Um, Thank God you're here with us. Thank you so much for talking to me. How are you doing? Are you okay? How is your recovery? Well, I'm getting better day by day. First off, I want to thank you for taking my story and um, just shedding light on my story. I really appreciate it. Well, we're very appreciative that you're doing this. I mean, especially at this time that you're recovering in the hospital and your mom is a saint. And I'm, I'm thankful that, that Samiko is here with you to comfort you and be there for you. Coach, how did this happen? Like, what led up to it? Did you ever expect a beef or no beef about this guy's kid? Did you ever expect he could be this violent? No. I didn't. I mean, I... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just, we deal with this pretty much all the time. Uh, for us youth football, you know, parents get mad because their kid's not starting or they're not, whatever, whatever the reason, you know, they want to fight or they want to you know, take matters into their own hands. And this time, it just, you put the icing on the cake. Coach, what led up to this moment? Like, how did it actually unfold um, right before the shots were fired? Uh, um, 
I'm gonna talk because we had words. We had words prior. Um, as I was trying to talk to him or whatever, he pulled his gun out. I seen his gun. Like I, I kind of ran away, jumped off, like jumped off the top parking lot onto the grass. And he shot me. He shot me once in my back. And he shot me like two or three more times while I was on the ground. Uh, he told me, "You thought you thought you thought uh, you thought this was over. You thought you thought you thought you got you one off." And I mean, I just I was just in disbelief, like. Yeah, he shot me like in front of it. Like now we we not talking about just nine and ten year old kids out there. We talking about eight year old kids. Yeah, seven year old kids out there. Got ten ten year old kids, eleven year old kids, twelve year old kids. So we're not just talking about one a one group of kids that was out there. We have uh, um, the the rec center that we coach it. We have like um uh, I would say maybe two seven year old teams, got two eight year old teams, got two nine year old teams, we got uh, two ten year old teams, we got eleven year old team, we got a twelve year old team. Uh, and like I say, uh I just thank God for, you know, the coaches and parents sharing me because I, I really thought he was gonna kill me out there. And he shot me while I, I didn't have a gun. Didn't have no weapon. He shot me while I was on the ground defenseless. You no, know, and it's like I really can't sleep. Because it plays back in my head pretty much every day. Um I break out in cold sweats. It's just I you know it's just uh, it's a traumatizing event. I will say that, to say the least. Coach, I, I wanted to show some video, if I can, of some of the kids. Um, they have come to your support. Um, I mean, it's really it's just sort of beautiful. They they gathered um, to, to, to show you their support, um, saying, I love you, Coach, and um, that's got to mean a lot to you. I don't know if you, ha I mean, you, you clearly were in the worst trauma of your life. Did you ever get a, a look at the children? Because the reports are they had to run for their lives. Do you, do you know where they ran to and how they got cover? I, I don't even, I don't even know. Uh, I think a couple of my players seen it. Uh, but I'm not sure. I haven't talked to none of them. I haven't talked to none of them. Um, but I, I really appreciate those kids, man. That's how I get my blessings. You know, somebody did that for me. Somebody coached me when I was younger. And, you know, just kept me out of the streets. St. Louis is a cold place. It's a real cold place. It'll swallow you up if it lets you let it. Uh, I love those kids, each and every last one of those kids. I do coach hard. I kind of apply everything that we do in football to life. 
far as like hard work, nothing is given. You know, just the same thing, the same thing that's in life. You no, know, you can't just go out and just get a job. You gotta work hard. You can't just go out and just get something. You know, we gotta work hard. You know, and this particular person was upset because his son didn't have a good game the prior game. Uh, so I decided not to start him the next game. And this is what led to the event. I'm, I'm so thankful that you are alive, Shaquille Lattimore. I, I'm so thankful your mom, Samiko, is with you and holding the phone for you. To the both of you, our deepest blessings and our prayers for your quick recovery. And I would like to, us to meet again um, when you're up and on your feet and you're hopefully back on that field with those beautiful kids. Thank you for doing this and God bless you. And like I said, best for a quick recovery. Thank you. I appreciate you. Unbelievable. We're going to follow that. And thank you for doing this, especially in this extraordinarily difficult time. We're going to keep our eye on this case for you, and I will bring you the updates on what happens here and when Shaquille is better. We'll check in with him. In the meantime, I do want to give you this breaking news update. Do you remember when uh, last week we broke into this show with the breaking news of a shooting at the university campus in Baltimore? Uh, we were getting last-minute details very, very quickly at Morgan State University. They were looking for multiple shooters that night, firing in the dining hall. They thought maybe even the dorm. Five people ended up shot that night, four of them students at this university in Baltimore. Thankfully, they did not die. But now the police have arrested someone, and wouldn't you know it, 17 years old. I do not have a name for you because he is 17 years old. A male, that's all I can tell you. They caught him in Washington, D.C., charged him with multiple counts of attempted murder, and to make matters worse, the manhunt is still underway for a second suspect, and I can name him because he's 18, Jovan Williams, J-O-V-A-N. Jovan Williams, considered armed and dangerous. That is the picture. Do you know him? Have you seen him? Do you know anything about him? Because if you do, the manhunt is underway. Please call the Baltimore police. And then coming up next, yet another twist in a case of a Utah mom who wrote a book about grief to help her kids after allegedly murdering their dad. Now she's asking for the entire case against her to be thrown out. While at the same time, the star witness in the case is telling her judge that she's having a breakdown. I'm going to sort it all out for you. Details next. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. It's just one of the fabulous lines that you hear in a great drama, right? And it is also the line that every single uh, defendant wants to hear. Corey Richens wants to hear case dismissed. In fact, Corey Richens, the mom in Utah who wrote a children's book to help her kids deal with grief and then was charged with the murder of 
the dad of the kids. Um, more news about Corey Richens. She now wants her entire murder case thrown out. And she says it's because the letter that jailers found in her cell that allegedly was instructing her mom and her brother to just say that, you know, my husband got the drugs in Mexico instead of what the prosecutors say, which is you got your drugs from your housekeeper, enough fentanyl to kill a horse. Those are my words. Um, they said that's witness tampering. Corey says, no, it wasn't. That letter was a fictional novel that I was writing. Do what now? Can't make this stuff up. It's called the walk the dog letter because that's what it's set up at the top. Walk the dog. But then it has all these instructions. Just say uh, that my, you know, now dead husband uh, got the drugs in Mexico. I don't know how that works into the, you know, novel, but it does. Uh, that's what she says. So she wants the thing tossed out. And then there's another side of all of this. The star witness, the housekeeper who allegedly got the fentanyl for Corey to poison her husband's Moscow mule all these allegations, the star witness has written a letter to her judge saying, I'm freaking the you-know-what out, I'm losing my yit, and I can't testify, or if I have to testify in this trial, I'm going to fall apart, because you're not allowing me to see my family, and I am a, a, a chronic drug abuser, and, and I, I may resort back to drugs. I mean, it's just a, a big, a whole hot mess, right? It's a big hot mess. Gigi McKelvey follows this real close. Uh, she's the host of the Pretty Lies and Alibis podcast. She's with me now live. First of all, I think you found some breaking news today about this, um, this, this housekeeper who appealed to her judge with this letter. I can't believe we read the letter, but what did you learn? Well, I learned that um, earlier in the month, in the first few days of October, the judge actually lifted that ban. She can now see both of her daughters. So she's got that going for her. I'm very sympathetic to Carmen. You know, she did not know why Corey was get, allegedly getting this fentanyl. And in fact, when they did the search warrant on her home, she had Eric's obituary on her mirror. She felt terrible. So she is able to see her daughters now, and that's been resolved at least. So maybe that'll give her some peace of mind and some support as she, you know, and this is difficult. This is a worldwide case. She's sure, thrown in the middle. Me. Of course, yeah, this is Carmen Lauder. That's her name, right? Carmen uh, Lauber. Carmen Lauber. Um, get me up to speed on why she wasn't allowed to see uh, her family. Like, why was this star witness, allegedly the person who secured the fentanyl and, and was the housekeeper and gave it to her boss, Corey Richens, to poison her husband, why was she being isolated from her family? My understanding is that maybe her daughters had had some legal trouble of their own and that was resolved. Mm -hmm. So they were able to lift that ban on her seeing her kids. I do feel bad for her because she part of that letter said, I'm writing you this letter, Judge, because I don't want to have to say this in public. I'm an addict and I might, you know, resort back to drugs from all the stress. And, and then sure enough, it gets leaked out. So I hear you. Quick question about Corey. Um, this business about it being a, a fictional novel. I got 20 seconds left. What, what do we know about how that will be fought? Well, there was a hearing yesterday and the state had some pretty strong words about the motion to dismiss. They said they're unfazed and they use, they're used to this distasteful play in the defense playbook. They want to disprove the allegations and focus on the aggravated murder of her husband. And the state is also asking the court to compel the defense to turn over unmonitored, non-privileged information that was given to her attorney, which allegedly mm -hmm. is the rest of her novel, which Corey's never shied away from promoting her books. So 
Not sure why this is an issue now. Gigi, you're always bringing the goods. Thank you. Appreciate it. Good to see you. You too. And coming up, how many times have you seen people fiddling with their phones? Should they be doing it while they're on the job? Not going to lie. Every so often during the day, I'm supposed to be working and I'm not. But I am not a district judge and I am not presiding over a murder trial. This judge, however, was. And uh, that there, (laughs) behind the bench, nicely concealed, is her scrolling through Facebook. Um, And, you know, sending hundreds of texts to her bailiff buddy. What do you suppose she was texting the bailiff? Because if you think it was court business, have I got a story for you next. I get it. I get it. I get it. It is hard to put your phone down. Just ask my teenage sons and everybody's sons and daughters. Um, Then there's, you know, there's a time and a place for you to scroll Facebook and text your buddy. But I would, you know, go out on a limb here and say that a murder trial, especially if you're the judge, definitely not the time or place. Agreed, right? I get you. Not the case, apparently, for Judge Tracy Soderstrom, district judge in Lincoln County, Oklahoma, and she took the bench just in January. So, you know, she's 10 months on the bench, not even. Maybe she's still figuring it out. I don't know. But this is video of her scrolling through Facebook while there is testimony in the murder trial. And the victim in the murder trial is a two-year-old baby that was beaten to death. Judge Soderstrom apparently wasn't just scrolling through Facebook during testimony and opening statements and cross-examinations and closing arguments. The judge was also texting the bailiff over 100, no, sorry, 500. Yeah, there's a big difference there. 500 times. And you want to know what they were texting about? Uh, People's appearances and complaints that they were bored. Here's some of the texts. You ready? Uh, The judge. This is dumb. Bailiff. I just hope the jury doesn't buy his SHIT. Judge. He looks constipated. Is that his OSHIT look? Judge. Why does he have baby hands? They're so weird looking. Bailiff. I was told they were tiny. LOL. And then about a police officer who was on the stand. Judge says he's pretty. I could look at him all day. And about a juror... Judge says, that's a wig. Look at that hairline. Definitely wearing a wig. Bailiff says, OMG, LOL. And then about a video being played to a witness, judge texts the bailiff, this SHIT is boring. Yeah, I feel the same way you do about all of this. And um, it turns out that the Oklahoma Supreme Court uh, is mad too. And they are asking to have her removed. Watch this space. We'll let you know what happens. And coming up. The definition of a real-life badass, a woman who, against the odds, has made her mark on history. That's her there with the walker, Dorothy Hoffner, age 104. And wait until you hear what record she broke. There's a little hint for you right there. Yes! Yes! You ask Evil Knievel to do that at 104. You're going to see the whole thing next. We should all be so lucky to have a life full of excitement and adventure right up until the very end. And tonight, I salute somebody who did exactly that, Dorothy Hoffner. 104 years old, tough as nails, braver than a lion. Just look at her. 
Her tandem skydive two weeks ago is about to put her in the Guinness Book of World Records as the oldest person to jump from a perfectly good airplane. Um, she fell 13,000 feet and she floated to the ground like this. And when she got there to the people who were waiting, she just said, age is just a number. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.